Several years ago, when I wasn't really sure what direction my life was taking, one of the ideas I kept coming back to was getting a Volkswagen Westphalia van and just driving around the country, allowing the universe to put interesting people and experiences in my path rather than trying to follow a specific plan. I hadn't started podcasting yet, nor had I picked up my paintbrushes again, so the what should I be doing to actually support myself aspect of it was pretty nebulous. Still, I loved the idea, and for years it became a running joke between my friend Jude and me. Whenever one of us was dealing with some sort of personal or existential challenge, the other would respond with, well, you could always get a Westphalia van and just drive around. For Dutch photographer Martin Rotz and his wife Anna, the dream of van life has become a reality. For six to eight months a year, they trade their home in the Netherlands for a Ford Transit camper van and travel throughout Europe, often without a fixed destination. For Martin, this way of traveling, almost by instinct, has proven to be the catalyst for some of his most compelling work, both as an itinerant solo artist and as a collaborator with other artists he meets along the way. And while I know the reality of it is not always as romantic as the way we see it from a distance, I can't say I'm not just a little envious. In this conversation, I caught up with Martin in Portugal, where he was preparing a pop-up exhibition of his work, appropriately titled In Transit at a Local Gallery. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris, I'm talking to Martin Rotz, and this is In Between. arrived in Portugal two days ago, I think. Well, we've been on the road for exactly three weeks today. and uh, You are living the life, time. man. <laughs> well, it also involves uh, stinking in a little bus without having a shower <laughs> for a couple of days in a row, you know. Worth so, it! <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I just got the hug of a few three-month-old puppies that the guy from the gallery where we are now saved from, uh, from the bin next to his gallery. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was... Cause, I was gonna, Who puts okay? What kind of yeah. animal puts puppies in a bin? Yeah, don't get it either. It's like crazy. The, there's got to be a special circle of hell reserved for people yeah. like that. Sure, probably like the worst kind of Ugh, circle. Awful, awful. Yeah. So you saved them? No, no, no. He 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 did. He uh, saved. The them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he found them three months ago. Wow. Uh, that's all. That's pretty much all I know. Yeah. And, uh, well, I was going to uh, <laughs> so, sit at the gallery. So it's not a great to, story, Martin, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it literally happened like five minutes ago that I had them in my hand. So. Right. No, I was at the gallery where I was going to set up the first of six pop-up exhibitions today. And then another artist came to do a wall painting with uh, spray paint so it was smelly and uh, well like crazy smelly uh, but uh, especially like they had all kinds of uh, blowers and fans mm. running to get the, the gases out of the gallery so he said okay go to my house and uh, connect to the wi-fi there so i just arrived like 10 minutes ago i think mm. uh, well that was oh, nice yeah. what is his name uh, the gallery's name is fresco gallery in almansil in portugal uh-huh and uh, the guy's name is teddy teddy He's well, Teddy, Teddy's thank you. Teddy the puppy saver. <laughs> Teddy the puppy saver, thank you for uh, for loaning Martin your Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, you have had quite the ride for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, you know, seeing you go from shooting street to still shooting street, yes, but but ratcheting it up a notch and going into the fine art world and galleries and... Now you're doing collaboration with other, I mean, it's been such a pleasure to watch that happen, that process. Well, thank you. It's, it's, yeah, it's also been a big pleasure on my end as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I couldn't have made this up, of course. Yeah. Take me back a little bit to, to that first exhibition. How has that process evolved for you and how has it affected how and what you shoot? So that was, let me think, the first exhibition. With photography, I must say. I'm, uh, well, in, in, uh, 10 years ago, I graduated from uh, art school in Amsterdam, the right. Gerard Rietveld Academy. And in the first five years, I was really still searching where I was going. Mm -hmm. I, I was always working uh, with, with well, lens-based work, so to say, like f f a lot of found photography. I did a lot of video. Mm -hmm. um, but I almost always used 
um, photographic imagery in my work. Um, but it wasn't until 2014, summer 2014, that I replaced my uh, video camera because it was it was broken. Right. Uh, and I I felt like okay I want more than just video I also want to take stills again I used to take pictures but it wasn't anything special yet like I, I never focused on it really mm -hmm. so that's when I bought a photo camera DSLR so I could both shoot video and make photographs uh, which led to me mainly taking photographs quite quickly actually um, and then so all this to say uh, my first show was. I think about nine months after I bought that camera, because I approached the gallery who I had already worked with, uh, with other work, um, if I could use their space for a week right. and uh, photograph in a one kilometer radius around uh, the, the gallery uh, to have a, a show in the end with pictures only taken in that area. Mm -hmm. um, that was in 2015. And... I did that because I felt like, okay, if I want to get better at this, if I want to, yeah, become a, a better photographer, better artist working with photography, uh, I have to just do it a lot. Right. Just make a lot of work and, and yeah, force myself to, to, to make decisions. And, yeah, that's when I uh, had my first show. And that was also and when I, yeah. I was just going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's it's around this time when you start shooting with longer zooms and getting tighter and and you can see things start to abstract more in your work. Is that is that close to that timeline? Mm, that's a bit later, but mm -hmm. it already started to pop up. I think I made my first image uh, photograph, I must say. Uh, during this project, there was one photograph that really stood out and, and showed this kind of yeah more abstract uh, a representation of, of the reality that I was photographing by using a reflection right. with uh, yeah, a weathered glass actually so it was dust on it and dried out water and the reflection got distorted and, and, and it was already uh, they were very clear shapes so it wasn't like uh, all kinds of different colors but only a few colors mm -hmm. and I realized wow I can do this with a camera just yeah, with a camera yeah. and, and it still scratched yeah. that, that graphic itch Oh, that, yeah. that you love, but but it also works in that photographic level, and it works on an, an abstraction level and a fine. It's I mean I remember walking around with you when we were in Cologne, and you know I'm shooting really wide. I'm shooting at 28 millimeters, and you handing me your camera and and saying here, look, this is what I was looking at because I physically with with the equipment I was using couldn't see it. Yeah. And you, yeah. with that extra reach, it just it was it was such a terrific experience to be able to see how and what you were seeing and see then the results of that as it's progressed. It's been like I said, it's been really terrific to watch. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, getting the zoom lens uh, really uh, changed changed my way of working. I mean, mm -hmm. I already got a. A, a, a regular -ish, uh, a zoom lens uh, with the kit actually that I bought with the, with the camera. Right. But I uh, went for a, for a telezoom, and uh, yeah, that really mixed it up for me. And I hardly ever have another lens on on, on the on the body. Yeah, and and I mean, I have always. I mean, you and I have talked about this a number of times. It's almost like the the more abstract your work gets, the more drawn into that world I become and getting the the magazine, getting March and Rock, you know, and and seeing how you perceive different locations, different cities. Yes, there are some similarities in terms of composition, but they're, you know, they say, you know, every city has its own light and you get to, we get to see that through your work as you're traveling around that, that there is a difference in the quality of light and there is a difference in, in how that affects color. Do you notice that while you're shooting? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, especially now that well, so the past year has been I've, I've been doing a lot of exhibitions and projects, but I've only uh, photographed only for a couple of months that I really had the time to go taking pictures mm -hmm. because I was I, I built my own camper van and um, yeah, there were these projects that I was working on where I didn't, just didn't have the time to go shoot. So last year, I mainly shot in the in the northern part of Europe, if you want to say. So right now, I'm really in the south. Mm -hmm. And now, just arriving here, so we we are uh, left from from Amsterdam, and we drove down quite 
quickly actually in in a few days because yeah we wanted to be where the sun is right uh so we drove through france and i already we we had a few stops of course i did i never want to rush it so we take our time we take a few stops and uh we we drive like five six hours a day which is still quite a bit i think Mm -hmm. but but it's it's, that's manageable yeah exactly you still have energy for other things yeah so then i also the next morning uh, we get up and and I'll I'll walk around. Uh, what what we had, we would arrive somewhere. It was already getting dark, so mm-hmm. you couldn't really see where you were. So then you get up and there, the, and yeah, the sunshine starts to reveal where you actually are. Yeah. Oh, the photo uh, that you just sent me this morning. You're killing me with that. What are you doing? Sending me things like that. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> it yeah, looks like something out of a out of a beer commercial or you know, like a travel <laughs> ad. You're like, what? What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> yeah, and that was just with the phone. With the, uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, but, uh, so 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 going down through France. In France, it was still uh, a bit more like we had it in the Netherlands as well, like mm-hmm. uh, wet and gray and not a lot of sunshine. But I had the time again to start taking pictures so i was walking around with and then i really had to get into it again and then almost like finding finding your rhythm again oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah. i I was going through i I go through my catalog a lot and i was going through it again uh just yeah today yesterday actually as well and i can really see also the the photographs i selected from each city and, and town that we've been through that it's more and more for the last few days it's also it has to do with light of course but also the the cities that provide, yeah, I don't know, the, the ideal situations for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also me getting into it again, like having not been able to take a lot of photos in a while. You need to, I mean, I always see things, but uh, once I start taking photos, I realize, oh yeah, I have to slow down even more. And right. if I take a picture, I've realized that, Usually, when I've taken two or three shots from pretty much the same situation, and then they are, they can be very different photographs. When I turn around, I see the light from the other side. All of a sudden, I see something else again, and I really realized, oh yeah, that's that's what I have to do. I have to take it easy mm-hmm. and and take my time, like and yeah, stick around a little longer and don't rush it. Even though sometimes you have to rush it because the light is like fading away or right, you see right. clouds coming or you know it's getting dark um but uh yeah so i had to get into that again and i think i've, I've pretty much there now although now today and and also yesterday it's been raining all the time so i didn't take any, <laughs> any photograph <But laughs> the light giveth and the light taketh away <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> so how how does that affect your 2020 then kind of finding your rhythm again are you are you kind of retooling now and thinking about okay, I, I really do need to balance the the exhibitions and the shows and the travel with actually being able to make new work. Yeah, yeah, it, it was always the the idea. So since four years, well, actually five years ago, we bought a camper van, mm-hmm. uh, a Volkswagen, and um, we and the first year that we used it, we only did a few well, shorter trips, but like compared to now, there was shorter trips. And, but I quickly realized that it really helps me to, to, to find new uh, ways of photographing and, mm-hmm. and find new subjects or, yeah. Um, so we, the, the past three years, we've really focused on, okay, let's see if we can travel for approximately <laughs> Uh, wait, wait a second. I'm going to close the door here. <laughs> Just a second. What are you right doing back. to those poor puppies, Martin? <laughs> and I'm back. Yep. Okay. I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, how, yeah, how, so how long are you good in a city before you feel the urge or start feeling the, that itch to move on? Is it is it days? Is it weeks? Oh no, it's days. Yeah. But it also has to do with this. Um, I want to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, you know, it's usually just uh, some hours, so, uh, like a, a whole day. I would say it depends on the kind of day, also. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not alone. I'm traveling with my wife. Sure. And we have a little puppy as well. Well, she's not that 
young anymore, but uh, hopefully you're here. treating it a little better than you're treating the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> She's our favorite. <laughs> um, so, but we also have to k- take that into uh, account. Like, right. Okay. How do we, I can't go away all the time because the dog needs to rest and she doesn't take a rest. Just she's really energetic and, and focused on everything all of the time. Right. So we have to just put her in the van and especially in the summer, like last summer we traveled and in the summer you cannot just leave a dog in a, in a van alone. No. Because you don't know how hot it's going to be. Yeah, sure. I mean, even five minutes can be quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. So. Anna was always uh, my wife. Uh, she was usually staying with the dog, but yeah, that that's also so. Yeah, I have to think like, okay, how long do I want to leave them alone? Right. I'm also thinking about. So I'm really focused on taking my pictures, but I'm also I'm just living a life, you know. So I also have to deal with these things. It doesn't feel like. I mean, in the conversations that we've had, anyway, it doesn't feel like there's been a grand plan to be almost this itinerant photographer. It's just sort of evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's also what happens. I, we, that's also how I photograph. Actually, I walk around and and I notice something, and I know okay, I, there there might be something here, and then I walk towards it, and well, half the time it might be some something, or at least at that moment it might feel like something. Mm-hmm. When I look back at it, it's probably gonna get uh, uh, <laughs> thrown away, uh, or not thrown away, but like I'm gonna decide that it wasn't that good. But so usually it's like that. So I just walk and see something and I'll follow my, my gut instinct. And, and yeah, that's also, I think, in, in, if you take the, the bigger picture, it's a bit like the way things happened so far. And mm-hmm. this is the first year because what I'm doing now this year is traveling with uh, framed works in the van with me. And we have six. Oh, wow. You're bringing it all with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was at the gallery. I thought you were shipping everything, but no, you're traveling with it. Wow. We have a van, so we take everything with us. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a van. Oh, right, right. That's it. Not a fan, not a thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so this time because uh, i approached a, a whole lot of uh, galleries and art spaces if there was a pos- possibility to have a short pop-up exhibition for mm-hmm. 24 hours minimum a week maximum more or less depending on what they can do and then you get uh, positive replies mm-hmm. of, out of uh, I, I think i sent like 200 emails or something like i really took a week to collect all kinds of uh, uh, yeah places that could be interesting mm-hmm. to have an exhibition. What, what you did you like, base the choices on of, of, I mean, how did you select who you were going to reach out to? Was it based on the reputation of the gallery or the location or how, how did you make those, some of those choices? Very broadly the location because it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Portugal and the, the, the Western part of, of, of Spain. So the part that's closest to, to Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then, Quality wise, I kept it really open because I feel like if you want to, I'm not do. I of course I would like to sell a piece during these shows, but I I know that is not how it works usually. So I really want to do this to to meet new people, to mm-hmm. to meet new people who run a an art space or a fellow artist who might also be exhibiting while I'm there. People that visit the show, these kinds of things are really important. So I'm using the the, the work. I really like, and of course, I really like to show my work and and talk to people about it. Um, but the intention was not like, okay, I'm gonna take all my work with me and then sell everything so I can have a free uh, road trip. Or right. Not at all. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll sell a piece. Could happen. That's not what I'm uh, aiming for. Well, I'm aiming for it in a way, but it's not the the main goal. The main goal is to have these extra things. So. This is also the first time that we had to make a plan like, okay, we're going to go to this city and two weeks later we have to go to another city and we have to be at uh, a city that's 50 kilometers away a, a week later or these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that means you, you stay in the same area for a while or all of a sudden you have to travel quite a bit. And that's the first time we did that before. We, it was always, okay, we're going to go to this country, period. And, and, <laughs> and see what just, happens, right? right. Yeah, see what the sun is or if the if the weather turns bad and you move on or do you, you have, have a, a preference fun. between the two of of moving forward like if you if you could choose 
one or the other, would you stay on this more, more sort of structured path or do you prefer the more open-ended path that you were on before? For now, I would say I still prefer the open-ended thing, mm-hmm. but it's also because this today is the first time we really had to be at a gallery because mm-hmm. we were going to set up a show today. So uh, that's the first experience that I have with having to be somewhere instead of just getting somewhere and seeing what will whatever will happen will happen. Right, right. So I don't know. Maybe it actually uh, works out really well. And the the, the the thing is, though, also, I mean, once I've set up the show and there will be an opening event or, or maybe another event on another date after it's already been set up, um, and the, all the rest of the time, I can still do whatever I want. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to drive 500 kilometers away from the gallery to get back there a week later, later right. of course, unless there's something ex- – extremely special that I really have to be, but I can't imagine what that would be. But so never say never, but that's not really what I would like to do. I would like to keep it local in that sense. But yeah, we can still do whatever we want uh, once the show is set up. Between opening and and closing of the the exhibition, we can just uh, drive around. And and for now, the, 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 the few weeks that we've been on the road now we've mainly been in bigger cities mm-hmm. but i i feel i work really well when i'm in in smaller towns actually right so that's probably what's going to happen now once the show is set up and it's 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 running we're just going to stick around in the area maybe like a 100 kilometer radius or something maybe even less i don't know exactly but and just uh, stop at every town that we bump into that somehow seems interesting mm-hmm. and it also depends on the moment of the day, my mood. Sure, which, sure. Which also swings quite yeah. a bit. Uh, <laughs> how we slept, uh, I don't know. Martin gets dark sometimes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, when when you're when you're in these towns, are you actively? Because I, I want to get to vice versa. Are you yeah. actively looking for other photographers to collaborate with, or are you just kind of letting them sort of happen organically, if at all? Yeah, organically. I, yeah. I, for for a really long time, I wasn't interesting interested in in collaborating at all because mm-hmm. I just felt like okay, I have my own thing and I just want to do it. I don't want to have to, uh, yeah, uh, think about what the other would like uh, all the time and and vice versa as well. Like that they are uh, expecting things and that I cannot uh, make happen because I have other plans and these kinds of things. So for a really long time, collaboration was never on my mind. But that changed two years ago when uh, I... So every year there is a, an artist fair in the area where I grew up. And as a before I went to art school, I used to visit it, actually. Uh, it was always nice. And it's, it's an international fair, so it's not just Dutch artists, but also from all of Europe. And... Um, yeah, then a few years ago, I decided, well, you know what, I could also uh, apply and see if I could uh, be part of the fair. So, yeah, uh, three years ago, I think, no, two years ago, it was the first time I, 2017. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that was the first time I took part in it. And that's an- another case, actually, of, of the same uh, idea behind uh, the exhibitions that I'm doing now. I'm, I, I've learned that the, going to this fair is not for sales. Uh I usually do have a um, uh, at the end of the exhibition. I find an artist that I would like to exchange the work with. So we we uh, he takes one of mine and I take one of his or hers. That's that's one thing that I do. That's a but great idea. That, that's great. Yeah, it's really nice because now I get like all these different works and, and also my work is at someone else's place mm-hmm. who who really likes what they chose. And same goes for me. I'm super happy with the works that I've gotten this way so but yeah the intention of going to this fair has always been like okay meeting new people uh and, and seeing where it will go and it's always led to something like a, a an exhibition somewhere or um a, another uh affair that you go with one of the artists or uh, an interview in a magazine or and yeah from that point on it also it keeps running, you know, once you have an interview in a magazine, other people will see it. And mm-hmm. you, 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 I don't know, you never know where the ball is going to roll. And, right. and but, it, but it's fascinating that you've carved out this, this sustainable sort of practical and creative existence around your work. 
and and have managed to keep it interesting and challenging and and thought provoking and all these things that 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 feed ultimately back into the work. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a question, Jeffrey. I, don't I know. know I know. I'm just an observation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm no, slipping. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but it's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's true. I guess it's 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 a little bit of envy. Is what it is. I'm. I love. Uh, I just. I, yeah. I love hearing about it. So, what was it about? Is it Verena? Is that how you pronounce it? Verena. Yeah, Verena. Well, in, in, in uh, she's she's originally from Austria. You would say Verena. Verena. Uh, we can okay. say Verena. That's fine. Okay. She's she's been living in England for a couple of years, so I think she's uh, she's used to having her name butchered yeah. like that. So, oh, thank uh, you, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, the, the work. I mean, you sent me the the PDF of the of the catalog. And I love the pairing. Adrian and I were looking at it this morning. I love the pairing of the two different ways of seeing and and complementing each other's work. What was it about her that kind of sent you over the edge that said, yeah, I, I can collaborate with this person. I can still do my own thing. She can still do her thing. But together, there's this new thing. Yeah, that's so I met her at the, at the art fair uh, mm-hmm. that I was just talking about. At the one in uh, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. She was there visiting with her husband, who's a photographer, like a commercial photographer, mm, mm-hmm. studio, but also portrait. And he's been doing it for a really long time. I think he, he's almost getting his pension now. So he's like, yeah, almost like on the, on the official point of being allowed to end his career. But I don't think he will really stop doing it. But yeah, so that's her husband is a, is a commercial photographer, but she's always been working with photography as well, but more on the, yeah, on the artsy side. So not the, yeah, not the commercial mm-hmm. photography. And was she collaborating with other people as well, or were you kind of each other's first? No, this was really a first. Yeah. Interesting. We hadn't, uh, <laughs> we, and, and also when we met, so she, she, she was visiting the fair. She was, uh, and and she saw my work, and and we had a conversation. I didn't know she was also a photographer or anything hmm. until we, yeah, we got a bit deeper into the conversation, and then we, uh, well, so her husband and her were doing a magazine. So they have like a, uh, her husband has a as a design company, and they're doing a magazine for a German. Um, what do you call that? Like a union of, of, of companies who are from the same area. Okay. And they were interviewing artists for it. And um, so she she asked like, hey, could we uh, could we include you in this? And uh, yeah, so that's that's actually when the contact became more than just that moment at the fair where we had a nice conversation about looking at the world f- through a certain lens and in a certain way and, and mm-hmm. getting these kinds of results that we both have and so we had to meet again because they wanted to interview me and shoot a portrait and stuff like that and then i actually got to see some of her work because she doesn't have a website she's it's uh, well yeah maybe you could say it like that it's a bit like how how Saul lighter never uh, his work was never really seen by most of the people before uh like 10 years ago or sure like sure that. before he really started to blow up yeah yeah, and he didn't have a website, and there was no way that he was really drawing the attention to his work outside of a very small circle that were well informed about him. So, and it's a bit similar with her uh, that she she doesn't have a website; she's not using uh, any social media to promote her work. So, I couldn't have seen it anywhere. So, when, when I visited her, I was like, "Wow, this is the, <laughs> now I really see how he." Also, I, now I understand why you were so interested in my work because mm-hmm. there's absolutely a clear overlap in what we do. And then the photographs I saw, they were from before I even started taking photographs uh, in the style that I've been doing for the past wow. few years. Wow. So that was really interesting. And yeah, I was like, okay, there has to be something that we, I don't know, it, it, kept, in my, it kept playing in my head like, okay, maybe it's some day there will be a possibility to do something together. And we kept in touch just uh, through email. And and then I think it was, when was it? Also in 2018, I was approached by a a weblog who did photo ping pong. Mm, mm -hmm, Sure. And they 
asked me if I was interested in in, uh, in taking part in this, and it's a similar concept, right? Uh, that you exchange a few pictures and then you react to it also with a photograph. Um, and they 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 linked me to a Japanese photographer who I'd never heard of, never seen any of his photographs, and we did this thing, and it was a one one off. So it was one time we exchanged I think three photographs, and then you reacted three with uh, three photographs, and that was it. And then they kept doing this with other photographers that they paired. And it was a really interesting experience. Also because the the, the guy that I was linked to, his work is completely different from what I do. And hmm. I really, but I, did so, it, did the I, work sit well side by side, even though it was so different? Yeah. I don't think all of the, all of the combination were extremely great, but it, there is an interesting tension that happens between the two. And the, I felt because I really had to push myself to get something interesting and because I wasn't just taking a picture I was taking a picture that had to tell a story next to that other one like mm-hmm. they, they had to do something together but on the same uh, at the same time I had had a rule with myself like every picture that I that I will send in for this project also has to be able to stand by itself without the context of the mm-hmm. of the project so it really pushed me also to see different things or see things differently and, and to photograph maybe in a different, open up a little bit more. Like I have all these rules in my head without them being like, I, if I would take the time, I could verbalize them, but they're usually just, they're very floating kinds of rules. They're not mm-hmm. really rules. They're just things that I have in Guidelines. my Guidelines. Yeah. I, for, a, for a while, it was like I try not to include any sky because it's always... Uh, well, not always, but it's usually one color in, in in my kinds of photographs, and then it's already a one colored shape. It's I I tried not to do that because I felt like okay, that's a bit too easy, <laughs> so I have to work harder to mm-hmm. look deeper. But I had to start letting go of these kinds of rules again uh, during this this uh, yeah, what do you call it? It's not. It's, it, it, this wasn't a collaboration. This was a uh, a game. It's also called ping pong. So yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't about winning, but it was about serving and then reacting. And well, let's see uh, how it holds up. Did you have a preference of whether you served or reacted? The reacting was the nicest because then I could challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to challenge myself, of course, but it was on a different level now because I had to keep his photos in mind. And the nice thing is now, of course, that that you can always have these pictures with you on a on a phone or something. So yeah, I could sure, look sure. at them. Like 10, 15 years ago, it would have been different. I would have had to print them or something. But it's nice that you... But then, of course, I also try to not have them on me all... Like, look at them all the time and just intuitively do stuff. Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, just try different combinations also. I see, like, does this work better? Does that work better? And And... Yeah, so it was a really uh, interesting uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. A challenge, I think, is the best word. To, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. With with vice versa, did you did you exchange rules and guidelines before you set out, or did you did you just let the two of you shoot how and and why you normally shoot without any sort of guideline or restriction? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, I pretty much always shoot portrait mm-hmm. uh, mode, and she also does that but mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. so that was a conscious did, decision moving forward we talked about it yeah, yeah also yeah. because we already thought about okay if we do this and it would be nice to have an exhibition in the end or a publication and it would be nice and practical but then yeah it does we could have not done that of course but it, also because it already we were both already working that way so we both use what we find around us and as as the starting point for a photograph instead of setting up a situation and, and shooting that in a studio or mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. be outside as well. So we kept it to that as well. And other than that, I think, yeah, no, no, no crazy manipulations to your pictures. So right. developing, not editing, uh, maybe that's the right word. Is there a concern? It's not a danger, but is there a concern when, when you're doing a project like this, that, the way the other person shoots will maybe under indirectly affect how you shoot and you oh, start yeah. drifting away from your own style is, and, and how, <laughs> how do you, how do you manage that? 
Well, this what I also noticed after because we did uh, four batches, like mm-hmm. four, four times a year, we we exchange pictures. And after the first one, I realized this is something that I can really keep in the background. So I, it's not that I'm only working on this project. This is something that I do next to my own work, mm-hmm. also while I'm doing my own work. Uh, but I keep my eyes open a bit broader. Like I try to open, have an open view and see other things that might fit within the project as well, but still have to be typically my kinds of photographs. So there is a concern indeed, but on the other end, I have enough trust by now in my own work that I know can I could do this without mm-hmm. really uh, it becoming a danger or something. Right. And actually, I see it really as a as as something that added value. Actually, yeah, it, it really helps you see different things. And and then so that's that's the 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 part for me while taking the pictures that happened. But it's also seeing Verena's reactions to my photographs. Mm-hmm. And was there correspondence? Yeah. yeah, and the nice thing is, uh, yeah, we we met a few times just to exchange because she lives in the, in well, just uh, uh, across the border in, uh, in in Germany. So ah, she's okay. originally from from Austria, so she's not that far away. So we could meet up, but we also emailed and texted and and stuff like that. And the first few times that we exchanged photographs, we really met, and then you could really surprise each other. And but also because you, by seeing how she reacts to my photographs, I start to see different things in my way of looking and why I took a certain picture. Hmm. And, and yeah, so this, the word vice versa was really used a lot just yeah. to, to explain things or to, to reflect on what we did. So it was a very natural title uh, uh, to use. Um, so, yeah, we decided from the beginning that we would like to, to bring this uh, outside uh, that it wasn't just going to be a project for us but also something that we would like to show and um, we ended up eventually doing a digital exhibition so uh, there was a space in the area where I grew up again and where uh, yeah where there was a possibility to um, to show the, the the results of the work but it was a very small space. And also we had already said, okay, if we are going to exhibit this all printed, that's going to be really expensive. Because <laughs> yeah. we don't want uh, low quality prints. Especially the as, as at the size you print things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin yeah. doesn't do 8 by 10. <laughs> uh, I could do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, indeed. Well, we did, we did print a few because we wanted to add some prints to show how they would look printed. Mm-hmm. And they were a bit smaller. Uh, in centimeters, it was 30 by 45. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that's not huge. It's like 8.3 size, more or less. Well, it doesn't make sense in America either, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, we can figure <laughs> things out. <laughs> okay, you, you Google it. So, but yeah, we said, okay, we have a small space. We couldn't fill it with prints. Well, we could have filled it with prints, but then we would have only had a few prints. Uh, but we wanted to show everything. So we said, okay, it's going to be a digital presentation. So I had mm-hmm. two mo- monitors, two screens. Uh, next to each other and then we would show the starting photograph for five seconds and then the reaction would come in for another seven seconds and then move on to the next one yeah but i've always had a weird like i I have a video background so i know how time or i know but i have an understanding of how time works when you're looking at things so you have to be careful about it but the annoying thing is when you're looking at a photograph on a screen and it disappears you, you cannot really take your own time with a photograph so uh, if i have a print hanging on the wall you can take all the time you want until right. it falls off or if it, yeah i uh, i would think that five i don't know that five seconds would be enough for me no exactly that was and on some thing. photos then, it might be too much yeah 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 yeah, so um, because we didn't want it to be interactive in the sense that you had to press a button to go to the next one or anything because you want to keep it running so people understand that it, it's, it is running. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, uh, like quite uh, difficult to figure out how long it had to be indeed. But also, yeah, I 
this was the like there's always concessions and i i've more and more uh, started to understand that especially now with traveling as well like you always have concessions you cannot go for the ultimate result that might be the perfect thing in your head but you have to go for the workable mm -hmm. solution mm -hmm. and uh, maybe there is a next option after that that you can make it more in the direction you would like it to be but so concessions I've, I've really learned to live with um so what we did was also have a printed catalog next to it so if you would like to spend more time with the images and there was also laying one in the in the in the space so you could go through it on your own tempo as well or buy one um so there was yeah that was a solution that we went with but then for the exhibition the space that we had was part of a larger space but uh, that space was going to be occupied by someone else um, a few days after the opening of our exhibition but so their work would be sitting alongside yours uh, not alongside uh, there was a wall in between so mm. it was mm -hmm. But the, that space was still empty the first few days. So the people who run the space said, okay, we have this space. Uh, see what you can do with it. And then we were like, yeah, that's a great opportunity. But we're not going to print all those works. because yeah, it's for three be days. Yeah, we decided not to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially for three days. So how do we do this? And then we said, okay, let's see. Do we still have older work that we could use? So I had some older prints from previous projects in 2015 and 16. That was way before we, well, way, but was before we met. And she also had some, uh, had a project also printed, and luckily on the same paper. Uh, oh, no uh, kidding. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was. Lucky. I mean, she had different sizes, uh, but th it was the same paper. And yeah, there would still be a consistency to the, to the look, to the tactility yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they were also, they were not framed. They were not uh, mounted on anything. They were just the pieces of paper that we would nail into the wall. They, were, mm -hmm. they had already been uh, presented that way, so it was natural to do that right. this time as well. Now, would, would visitors see that work before seeing the vice versa work, or was that work displayed after the vice versa work? I had to go through that space. They have to go through to that see. to get to yeah. the new work. Okay. And it was funny because we brought our prints and we didn't show them to each other beforehand. We we really decided only because we only got that chance a few days before mm -hmm. the uh, actual opening of the of the digital presentation was. And uh, so yeah, we just decided on this, and we brought our stuff, and we started <laughs> laying everything on the floor, and it was like, wow, we there are so many similarities that we really and uh, it turned out in re into a really nice extra. And and the funny thing was that some of the combinations were photographs from the same cities in the same year oh <laughs> really both of them. it was it was amazing yeah. how funny was, yeah wow so it was really like the full circle kind of situation all of a sudden without knowing about it before we mm -hmm. started mm -hmm. the project it was like, so yeah it was a, a really nice bonus like the cherry on the on the cake right on the pie on the thingy, <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> on the beer, the, <laughs> the, the olive in the in the in the martini. In the martini. There you go. Now, hold on. I just perked up. What? <laughs> so how how has this, if at all, uh, how has it changed the way you photograph coming off the back of this? Has has there been a noticeable influence? in in what you're photographing or have you kind of been able to just let that creep in but not affect your work too dramatically more the latter i think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but i think it changed me more on uh how i think about collaborating and how so uh, in what way well i like i said uh, earlier I, I wasn't very keen on collaborating because you have expectations from both sides that you have to manage and and I don't know for me it always feels like there's more uh, discomfort and 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 uh, um, how do you say it? when when just not not being happy with mm -hmm. how it almost works. like an anxiety around it yeah yeah it's like I have to do this mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of I want to do this this is this is a conscious decision. So I've really started to embrace that more. And then later, actually last year, uh, I got another opportunity to, to collaborate with a, a stained glass artist. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, that was really nice. And, and what happened is we translated three of my photographs into stained glass. Wow. So you really, and again, there are concessions. 
It's the key. It's actually, and it makes it better because I couldn't, I couldn't print that photograph on glass and just hang it and say, hey, now it's a stained glass work. No, we right. had to translate it. So we had to choose which shapes were standing by themselves. And then also the maximum size of a piece of glass for the uh, uh, affordable price of glass. Because if you go really expensive, you can get huge pieces of glass. But mm -hmm. So it was 120 centimeters was the longest, I think 120 by 60, if I'm correct. Wow. And uh, pieces were going to be 130 because they were going to be uh, site-specific in front of a window that was 130 centimeters high. Mm -hmm. So I had to add extra breaks in the glass instead of having one shape. That In my photograph, it was one shape. Then next thing happens, color. If you go for the affordable option, which I did because, also because it was the first time I ever worked with stained glass. So it mm -hmm. was also a, a tryout in a way, sure. even though it was going to be exhibited. Um, yeah, I, I stick with the with the cheaper, well, not cheaper option, but the, yeah, like I said, lesser, uh, less expensive option. Right. Then you it's probably a more the, limited palette, yeah? Yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not getting Adobe RGB. You're getting uh, 256 color. <laughs> it's a, it looks like a GIF. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you really have Yikes. To, to make choices there. <laughs> Amen. So it looks like Lego, basically, is what you're saying to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe I should contact Lego to, to do a collaboration now. <laughs> no, but the funny thing is that so you have to make choices that you wouldn't have made if you were doing this by yourself. I right. probably wouldn't have even made it then. I would have said, okay, it's not going to be what I want it to be. So, uh, yeah, it's not happening. That right. could have been the outcome. I don't know if that would have happened, but it could have been. I can be stubborn like that sometimes. You don't say. Often. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I try to, I to be open as well, so I balance it a little bit. You forget that we've met, right? <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Um, so what was it yeah. like seeing that that finished piece for the first time were you were you pleased yeah, also so this thing was oh, okay i got into the project i met with the guy who was making the stained glass yeah and then we had a few conversations and i we picked the photographs and i, I made the first translation then he went further in it then you choose the colors and then i went to austria for a project uh which also was actually a result of meeting someone at that same fair. The also same in, one in 2017? Yeah. Wow, also, that sounds like a terrific to experience for you. As well. yeah, yeah, it was, a, was great. Wow. That was a, a, an artist who's been working for 40, for the past 40, 50 years or something like that. He's, he's turning 70 this year. Wow. Um, and he invited us to his house in Austria, uh, which also has a studio and has a storage of a lot of his work to... Uh, to work for a couple of weeks, and it, it was crazy. They cooked for us every day. And, oh my and gosh! We, they took us places, and it was really super pampered experience. It was really <laughs> unbelievable. It was super nice. Uh, that 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 exact uh, 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 project that I did there also led to another exhibition that's going to happen later this year in Austria. Wow! So so yeah, everything always causes something else. Anyway, I was in Austria while this stained glass object was being made by the stained glass artist. I, If I could have, I would have loved to be part of actually the making. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have a hand in the construction. Yeah. yeah, and also learning the technique a little bit and finding out that, hey, there's also different possibilities I hadn't considered. And But that's going to happen uh, at some point, I think. I'm quite sure. Um, so I... So, the, uh, yeah, he was making the, the stained glass piece while I was in Austria. And also I was rounding up vice versa in Austria hmm. uh, while doing this other project. Came back in and so I had the, the final exhibition of the project in Austria uh, in, I think, on the 7th of September or something with the opening. Next day we drove back to the Netherlands because later that week I had the opening of vice versa. Wow. <laughs> But two days before that, there was the opening of the exhibition where the stained glass piece uh, was going to be shown. 
So, so that was a hectic month. Yeah. I've never had it like, like I don't want to sound like, ooh, I'm such an accomplished guy. I, I have all these things <laughs> yes, all the time. This, yes, you this do. Just, okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> don't listen to him, gang. He's he's up there. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Millions are streaming into my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a crazy week. There was like, I had all these different projects and, and that was also the first time I saw the piece. It was mm. just hanging there already. It was, uh, he saw, he sent me a picture of course, when he finished it and he sent me a picture installing it, but that then seeing it and, ah, that was, it was a really nice experience to, to, uh, see, I think they turned out beautifully. I saw them on your website and Huh. They're they're geometric, they're architectural, but once you see your work, you can go, ah, okay, I see that. I mean, they, they stand alone, your work stands alone, but I can see where they're a terrific complement to the work. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it, it, it is like that indeed, yeah. And I, I could really see myself doing more things like this as well. Mm-hmm. Like I love taking photographs and finding these these compositions and 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 then once I've taken a photograph, actually having them and well, I could just sit <laughs> sit behind my computer and look at them like wow, <laughs> this is so nice. <laughs> I once read an interview with the FX Twin, the uh, right, the right, 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 uh, and uh, yeah, there was a quote like. I, I think my my own music is the best music. Right, right, is. right. And you could see something him. Something like that. It was yeah, like, wow. big grin on his face, just sitting there. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> but I, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I understand it. I don't think my work is the best ever made, but it's you can be so happy with what you've done sometimes. It's like when you've cooked a really nice meal, it's like, wow, I'm happy I didn't go to a restaurant and was disappointed by what I, right, what I right. did something myself and I'm super I don't think like, you should have to apologize for that at all it's 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 your work you put a lot of yourself into it it takes effort it takes thought it takes intent why shouldn't you be pleased with it I mean if you're not pleased with it then you're, you're not doing it to to amass an Instagram audience you're doing it to please and satisfy that creative impulse in you. So oh, yeah, why absolutely. not be satisfied? With it? Why not be pleased? No, that's with true. It? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that I also, I really love a lot of other things as well. So it's right. not just, just my own stuff, but yeah. So seeing the, the stained glass piece was also a bit like that, but then, yeah, that wasn't just me. There was also someone else involved. And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I kind of like that also yeah. because you have to, to give in and you have to, make decisions that you wouldn't have if you would have worked just by yourself. So, right. Yeah, well, you, you've got to, to accept the that they see your work in a slightly different way than you see your work and you oh, have yeah. to be okay with that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a huge sort of trust issue, release issue of, of letting go of, of what it means to you and accepting what it means to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But the, yeah, but the nice thing was also that he was also interested in in this approach because mm-hmm. he, what it, when he makes his own works, he's I, I'm I'm pretty sure he starts out sketching stuff. So mm-hmm. he's just making drawings or paintings or whatever. How and how is his solo it. work different than the collaborative work he did with you? Is is it similar at all, or is this a, a pretty big departure for him? It's different. He he has different interests also. So mm-hmm. He started doing this when he when he started when he retired. He was a a, a painter, not a, a fine art painter, but a house painter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he worked with glass and with with paint and 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 these materials his whole life. Mm-hmm. And after uh, uh, and he he taught uh, painting as well in in school. So he he educated painters to be. So he knows a lot about these kinds of techniques, and uh, and when he uh, retired, he I think he he found this as his new outlet that wow. he could and he could just do whatever he wanted instead of having to work for a client. Right. So uh, and well, what I've seen when I uh, went to his studio, he has different interests. So there's um, a restoration of very old glass. That's, oh, wow. that's something what he does. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's his father was a painter. Like he, he got the painters a company from his father when he was uh, in his thirties, I think. And uh, already when he was young, they were living next to a church, and every now and then the glass would be 
uh, broken and they had to repair it. And it was just simple stained glass, just one color in in a, mm-hmm. uh, a thing. But that was already the first time he got in touch with stained glass. And then uh, there's a huge piece installed in the church as well. It's a, uh, like a, um, a monument for uh, the uh, Second World War. Uh, and he made a whole study about that piece as well. So it was already, uh, his interest was already embedded, I think, when he was very young. Mm. And now he's, he's since seven years, I think. Wow. He's been, so he's giving workshops. He's also researching stained glass a lot. And then there's uh, Theo van Doesburg. Uh, in, in English, you would probably say it differently and then understand who I'm talking about. But one of the, the style... Uh, you don't say. <laughs> Theo van Doesburg, probably. Something like that. Hey, could we just do a whole podcast of just you doing that voice? That would be great. <laughs> uh, let me think about it. It could, could be interesting. It's your uh, Martin's alter ego. But then you do the French uh, type. Oh, right? Jesus. Oh, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so, yeah, he made a whole study about the stained glass pieces that he made. And so, yeah, he's. Wow. Uh, what, yeah, a ter- he, what a terrific connection. And, and you guys are still keeping in touch, I'm assuming, yeah? Yeah, because I now had. Uh, friends who uh, have a lot of stained glass in there. They have a, a, um, a, a house that was built in the 30s of the last century. Mm. And it was quite common to have uh, stained glass in the windows, like a bit more, well, the style-like kind of uh, 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 compositions, like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. mostly squares, different colors, just uh, like four or five different colors, different kinds of glass. And they had a few windows that, didn't have any stained glass. So they asked me if they saw the piece and they said, well, maybe you can think about something to uh, do for this. It, wow. Nothing happened yet. I made some sketches. Like I actually made sketches instead of taking photographs as a starting point. I really started to think about those particular windows. And I, of course, I immediately uh, got in touch with uh, Jan, who is uh, the, the stained glass artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, just to ask him a few things, also very practical things. Like, hey, if you have... Um, Thermal pane, like double glazed, like, how right. do you call it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thermal panes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Could you, is it possible to have stained glass in between? Well, yeah, it turns out you can. So. Oh, really? Things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that expensive. So, but like, I mean, it's probably the same price as the thermal pane plus the stained glass and a little bit extra, but it's right. not crazy amounts extra. Huh. So that was also something, like, wow, hey, that's a possibility. And then actually there could be, because, well, these are, the, well, the houses aren't monuments, but there are certain restrictions. Like if you want to uh, have double glazing with certain houses from a certain period, I don't know. There's regulations. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly mm-hmm. how, it, how it works. So you have to also think about these things all of a sudden. Uh, like what is allowed? What looks good? Uh, is it also possible to just put a piece of stained glass in front of uh, double glass or like all these right. things? So that also becomes part of how you start to think about a project. You, uh, yeah, when I'm taking photographs, I'm just taking photographs. I'm looking for composition, period, more or less. Right, like, right. There aren't really any other factors that are that are going into it. Is this a pleasing composition or is it not? Yeah, that's what. I, that's the first thing that I have to apply to, and then after that, I can make new choices. How am I going to exhibit it, and so and so on. Mm-hmm. But that's not of my concern when I'm making the work. When I'm finding the composition and taking a photograph of it, um, but yeah, with these kinds of projects, all of a sudden you have to start thinking about what are the limitations, and uh, yeah, again, then concessions uh, come looking around the corner again, and I think it's I'm starting to appreciate the concession more. Uh, well, it all propels the work forward at some level, doesn't it? Yeah, if you want to be open for it also to towards it if you because you if you're not letting it in if you're not open to it then it's going to annoy you and it's going to stop you from uh making steps forward and you're actually going to get stuck i think uh so you have to let it in you have to say okay these are the limitations uh, the, the rules so to say now work within those limitations. I mean, that was the first project I did that we were talking about in the beginning. 
uh, when I did this project uh, with, the, with the gallery where I was photographing for a week in a, in a, in a one kilometer radius, mm-hmm. again, uh, limitations and they, they free you in a way because you don't have to make other decisions anymore. They're, they've already been decided for you. You've already made certain choices and you just have to, you don't have to think about that anymore. You just can focus on on the on the content more on the on the content this is just stupid word but <laughs> hey you said it not me <laughs> yeah that's yeah, true you, you made me say it man <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it just like i said it in the beginning it, it feels like you are in such a great space in in terms of your relationship to your work right now that y- you are exploring new territory with your own work new territory with with collaborative work and it's all sort of in the service of moving the work forward and you're able to see it and accept it and and as a result i th- i think you're producing just some of the best work you've done really yeah thanks yeah it also feels for me that i'm still growing and mm-hmm. even though sometimes you don't feel like i said in the first week or two that we were going away again i really i had to get into it and sometimes like Damn, I think I've reached my <laughs> the end point. This is it. It's it's not getting better. And then, really, do you feel that way? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, you have to be critical, but it, but it's tricky to be critical because it cannot suffocate you. And then, mm-hmm. so uh, you also have to have trust as well. So critical and trust. I mean, it just uh, they have to both be there at the same time. I think. Um, so yeah, of course, I feel like uh, it's also with my magazine. I always look at my the, the 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 newest edition and i feel like okay is this the best one yet well it's it isn't always but it, that's also life again mm-hmm. a concession i have decided i want to make four issues with my own photography every year also a way to push myself but yeah once you've made that decision and you want to stick to it you know, sometimes you have to say Good enough is also really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what's the what's the the quote? Uh, Perfect is the enemy of good. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice one. I didn't know that one yet. Yeah. Well, maybe I could put that on the back of one of the future issues. I always try to include a quote. Uh, I don't remember who said it. I'll look it up and send it to you. You just said it, so I'll. <laughs> don't quote me, man. I didn't say Jeffrey it. Jeffrey Sador. No, I'll Speak get email. Hey, <laughs> nice you quote, know you man. didn't say that first, right? Uh, yes, troll. I know I didn't say it first. <laughs> no, it's a nice quote. I, I I totally agree with it, and so yeah, I, I try to push myself because that's a way to to keep growing, but I also try to not always be hard on myself especially with the magazine sometimes i i need to include a picture that i might not have not not want to show just by itself but it does work really well with the few of the other mm-hmm. photographs in, yeah in, in context yeah yeah it's part of the team and maybe he's not uh, the best player but he's still uh, they need him <laughs> because i don't know <laughs> he smells nobody you, wants to get around him you want to take another run at that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad with these things. <laughs> my wife always makes fun with fun of me. Like, oh man. Sometimes you just need a horse when you want to get some balloons. I don't know. Yeah, those kinds of things could be my quote. Yeah, you could use that one. I mean, oh, may I? <laughs> you could use it. Yeah, go for it, man. You, you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, when I'm taking photographs, I always let go, try to let go of that critical voice in my head mm-hmm. because that doesn't work. And it's also that's also how we approached vice versa. We took more photographs than we showed in the end. We edited it down. Um, and we did that by both choosing, like I, I think we said, we, we can choose 20 each, 20 couples each mm-hmm. that we feel are really good. So, and then I looked at it and I said, okay, which ones did we both choose? And then there was a lot of them that we both chose, but I think there were like maybe five or six that were completely different. And then we gave each other like a, a veto for, for three more. Hmm. Uh, so that there's another kind of 
added layer to the collaboration that right. you also have to give the other a voice uh, in, in make, taking choices that you maybe wouldn't have chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I think that because it is a collaboration, that really makes it a stronger collaboration if you also dare to let the other one in. And, and yeah, it's not about me anymore it's about us and it's about the other one and and uh yeah so there's a level of respect <laughs> there i think that you also have to stick to like okay we chose to work together because we really uh appreciate each other's work so that also means we have to let the other take choices about the whole and then it becomes a better uh final piece right well it sounds like it's put you in a in a a different space in terms of how you would like to continue to approach collaboration it sounds like you you've you've had a a a successful experience with this maybe successful is the wrong word but i think it works it's you you've had a good experience with it uh which has kind of alleviated some of the previous concerns about collaboration yeah, um, there's, absolutely. you still have a voice there. She still has a voice there, but then there's this new voice that emerges as yeah. a result of both of those pieces being together. The, yeah. That's exactly what I was going for when I was tr- just mumbling all kinds of things <laughs> about the the team and the bench. And the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> I'll cut that in later. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but yeah, that's that's the right way to to put it. There's a third voice all of a sudden. It's not just two people anymore. There's something else, and that's the the project, and it becomes a its own thing. Subscribe to In Between in your favorite podcast app. You can also get every episode of In Between, as well as my other shows, Process Driven and Iterations, all in one feed by subscribing to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything. If you're enjoying the show, I'd love it if you'd consider leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share it on social media. Connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sidoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S, or on my website at jeffreysidoris.com. And if you've got questions or feedback or maybe have an interesting story to share, email me at talkback at jeffreysidoris.com. You can find Martin on Instagram at Martin Rots. That's M-A-A-R-T-E-N-R-O-T-S. Or by visiting his website at martinrots.nl. Also, be sure to check out Martin's magazine, March and Rock, available on his website or at marchandrock.com. As always, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your time and attention, and I'll talk to you on the next one.